Good morning, church. When we sang that song, Send the Light, you realize that Jesus came and then left the light. And then we are those reflections. And so what we're saying, in essence, is we're going to go out into the world and be the light. So let's be sure this week that we are the light, uh, the reflection of Jesus to a lost and dying world. It is great to see you this morning, both members and visitors alike, those who are here present, those who are online. God bless you and thank you for your time. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, hallowed be your great and amazing name. Oh God, we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory, for you are magnificent and kind and gracious and patient toward all of us. And Lord God, you cause the sun to rise on, on the good and the evil. Lord God, you bring blessings to each of us. Help us to, as your children, remember to recognize your blessings and your gift of love. Please uh, guide us, Lord God, this morning to worship you. Uh, guide us into all truth. Uh, guide us, Lord God, that our minds will be acceptable to you, that we will clear our minds of worldly thought and focus only on you and on Jesus, your great son, whom you sent to die on that cruel cross of Calvary, who died for us because he loved us and he loves you. Thank you for all that you've done and for all that you do. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray to be that will. Amen. John chapter 20 this morning. Failure is not fatal. Someone once said, it is better to try and fail than to never try at all. And many times, um, we allow a person's failures to define them. You know, like my failures define me. But should our failures define us? I want to look just for a moment at, at Thomas. Because he earned the name Doubting Thomas because, well, he failed. In John 20, beginning in verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he, answered, excuse me, but he said to them, Unless I shall see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days... Again, his disciples were inside, and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst. And he said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here your finger, and see my hands. And reach here your hand, and put it into my side. And be not unbelieving, but believing. That's the account. But my question to you this morning is, is that actually who Thomas was? I mean, he has the nickname, right? And so for that reason, since he has the nickname, Doubting Thomas, that's all that most people, most Christians in particular, know about Thomas. Thomas didn't give up, although he was branded. Maybe he wasn't branded in in this day, but today, right? Today being branded by the church, you get that nickname because of something that you've done. Many have given up on God for much lesser offenses, for much lesser, uh, if you will, struggles in life. But I get it. Life is relevant, right? But here's what amazes me. That people sometimes 
neglect the ability or just don't have the ability to check out the rest of the story. Because see, there's more to the story of Thomas than just John chapter 20. Look at verse 28. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believe. Let's be careful as a church family of how we brand people. Let's be careful. Because here's something that's important. And I know you've seen this. Have you ever seen how, how one person does something and he's treated one way and someone else does the same thing and he's treated a different way? Let's be careful. Because Thomas wasn't the only one who doubted God. I want to go back to Judges for just a moment. Chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Remember that old man of faith named Gideon? How about Gideon? Did he, by the brotherhood, receive the branding of doubting Gideon? Verse 36. Then Gideon said to God, If thou wilt deliver Israel through me, and thou, as thou hast spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor if there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground then I will know that thou wilt deliver Israel through me as thou hast spoken what? yeah I want to put you through a test God if you if you pass the test then I'll know Genesis chapter 16 what about Abraham? Genesis 17 excuse me Verse 17. Did he doubt? Of course. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed after God made the promise of him having a child. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. But God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. No, God, you, you got this thing all wrong. <laughs> what about Sarah? Heroes of faith. Judges 18, or Genesis 18, rather, in verse 10. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. And Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why does Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. And we could go on account after account after account of finding people who doubted God. And yet in our day and age, it's, it's we who have, have, 
pinned the name or coined the name or the idea that Thomas is doubting Thomas. I want you to go back and look at that account because I want you to think about something. We're going to go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Have we forgotten that that just, just a few days earlier, about eight days earlier, the ten apostles also refused to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And, and, and not only that, I want to go to Mark 16, and I want to begin reading at verse 9. Um, I want you to listen to the account. Mark 16, beginning at verse 9. Now after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom... He had cast out seven demons. And she went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. And after that, he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along on their way to the country. And they went away and reported to the others, but they did not believe them either. Why does only Thomas get that branding name of doubting Thomas? And here's another question. Do you realize that Thomas only doubted for maybe a few seconds or a minute? And that's it. That's it. Unless I see with my own eyes. And then Jesus appears and says, see here. Place your finger, my hands and my side and see and believe. And then he says, my Lord and my God. And yet he's been branded with this name by us. as doubting Thomas. John chapter 11. I want you to look and see just who Thomas was. And I want you to recognize that though Thomas failed at that moment and in that hour before Jesus, his failure was not fatal. John 11, beginning at verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Mary. And it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And the sister, therefore, sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, the one whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when, therefore, he heard that he was sick, he stayed then two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Uh, I mean, we're with you, Jesus, but if we go back there, we're going to die. Let's go look at the account. John chapter 10 and verse 29. John 10 and verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, 
and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews took up stones again to stone him. Hmm. Verse 32. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Jesus answered them, Has it not been written in your law? I said, You are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, You are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Therefore they were seeking to seize him and he eluded their grasp. And then in chapter 11, you know, there's the Lazarus and we read the account, but I want to jump all the way down, chapter 11 to verse 16. And remember what happened. They said, wait a minute, we can't go back there because they were going to kill you, Jesus. They might kill us too. I'm adding that in there. Look at verse 16. Thomas, therefore, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go, that we may die with him. Thomas. The, the, the same guy that, that, that receives the brand from us is the same guy who said, I'm willing to die with Jesus. Let's go right now and die with Jesus. In John 14, John 14, there's something else about, about Thomas that I, I want us to get. And then I want us to come back to that same verse uh, in, just, in just a moment. But verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You know the way where I'm going. Listen to Thomas. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The sincerity of Thomas no, Jesus, we want to go with you. But we don't know how to get there. Where are you going? Take us with you. Doesn't sound like a man of doubting faith, does it? So think for just a moment that this man received this, this branding for his, his faith, failing for just a, just a second or just a moment, just a, a moment of time, a minute. And we call him Doubting Thomas. Why? Because you know how it works, right? You hear a name, and then you transfer that name to your, your children, to your children's children, to your children's children, to the family, to this family. To that. He's, not, he's not doubting Thomas, brethren. He's Thomas, the apostle of the Lord, who had tremendous faith. But just for a moment, just for a moment, failed. But his failure was not fatal. And John 14 serves not just for Thomas, 
but it serves for the other apostle, Peter. Peter, John 13, in verse 36, Peter also wanted desperately to go with Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. When life hits, you just don't know what you're going to do. I love how we say, oh, well, I know this is what I'm going to do. If I live back in the days of Jesus, this is what... You ever heard Christians say that to you? And then I ask them, I'm saying, well, what about your life now? You don't even come now. (laughs) I know you wouldn't have come then or gone then. Peter really wanted to be with Jesus. Satan sometimes brings things in a way that we just weren't expecting it. And in verse 36 of John chapter 13, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow later. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. I believe Peter was so sincere when he said that. And many of us, when we're baptized into Christ, we're just so sincere. I want to serve God all the days of my life. And then life happens, and then we start fading. We start failing. We start struggling. But if you will trust in Jesus, you will know that those struggles and those times of failure are not fatal if you will just hang in there all the way to the end. And in verse 38, Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Yes, Jesus, I will. Truly, truly, I say to you, a cock shall not crow. And tell you, deny me three times. And, I, and I'll tell you, when, when I think about the, the, the denial, turn to Luke 22. Luke 22. It, it, it's not just that Peter denied the Lord. It, it's kind of the way he did it. Right? I mean, so this is really, this sting, this, this is going to sting Peter for, forever, for the rest of his life. But he doesn't give up. But I want you to look for just a moment at at the way he did it. Look, if you will, Luke 22, verse 56. 56. And a certain servant girl seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him said, this man was with him too. Now I want you to imagine that uncomfortable stare, right? She, maybe she was there Or maybe Malchus told her, but she looked at him and said, that guy right there, no, I was there. I watched him cut off Malchus's ear. Imagine that uncomfortable stare as she looked intently at him and she had him pegged and she goes, this man was with him too. And they could see Jesus off suffering, right? They could see Jesus. And listen to what? what Peter said. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. You know, Thomas could have said that. One of the other apostles could have said that. But not Peter. Let me show you why. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. So this is such a deep statement. 
that Peter makes, because just, just to Peter, just to Peter, in Matthew 16 and verse 13, the Bible says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to him, He said to Peter, But who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are. Peter said it. Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are. And then Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Wow. But my Father who's in heaven revealed this to you. Anybody but Peter could have said, I don't know the man. And then Jesus says in verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail, or overpower it, shall not prevail against it. Peter said, I don't even know who he is. You know what it took for Peter to say that he didn't know who Jesus was? And then if you go back to Luke, uh, uh, Matthew rather, chapter, chapter 26. Go to Matthew chapter 26 and verse, verse 72. Verse 72. And then he did this. And again, he denied it with an oath. So the Father has revealed to Peter who Jesus is. And then Peter makes an oath. You go back in the Old Testament, you don't make oaths. Peter made an oath. I do not know the man. You know, Judas messed up too. And, and, and Judas couldn't, couldn't stand the idea, maybe, I'm assuming this, of facing the brethren. I mean, what would, he, what would the apostles think of Judas? You know, now Judas wants to come back to the Lord. No, you can't come back to the Lord. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? How, how, would, Peter, how would Peter survive this devastating blow? He makes an oath. I don't know him. And then verse 73, a little later, a bystander came up and said to him, surely you too are one of them for the way you talk gives you away. And then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man in immediately a cock crow. Luke 22, please. He turned into a cursing sailor. He just started, you know, you know, well, Jesus' people wouldn't talk like this. And he started to, to, he made sure that the identity, the identity that he now betrayed was contrary to that of Jesus Christ. I don't know who he is, but the Father, Peter, the Father revealed to you and to you alone who Jesus was, who Jesus is. And he made an oath. 
And then he began to curse and swear. He failed. And he failed miserably. You ever had someone say to you, you know, I would come back to the Lord, but God will never forgive me for what I've done. You ever been in a Bible study with someone and they said to you, I would love to be, to be baptized, and, but God, God, God can never forgive me for what I've done. And they believe in their heart that their failure was fatal. But church, I know sometimes it's embarrassing because some of the things that we do just don't make sense. God's people. Some of the ways we act just don't make sense. Because of God's people. But listen, you can turn it around, right? It's never too late. And, and our failure, our failure to Jesus is never fatal as long as you have the breath of life still within you. And Luke 22, in verse 60, verse 60, Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, a cock, crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. That shows you Peter wasn't very far away, right? And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he told him, before a cock crows today, you will deny me three times. I want you to imagine the first stare was that woman. She looked intently at she had him pegged. There was no way out. The second stare is Jesus. And he looks at Peter. And the text tells us in the, the very next verse, verse 62, that he went out and wept bitterly. And brother, let me tell you something. I believe that if, if Peter didn't have faith and confidence in God, there's no way he would have come out of this one. But Jesus told Thomas, what do we call him? Doubting Thomas. And Peter and the rest of the apostles, John please, chapter 13. Jesus gave them the word. He gave them the nuggets. He gave them what they needed to be able to not only stand, but to bounce back. And I want to give that to you, which you already know. I'm going to read something to you you've read a thousand times over. But it's your nugget to bounce back. It is that which, which reminds you, that reminds Peter, that reminds Thomas that failure is not fatal because Jesus prophesied something. And he says in verse 36 of John chapter 13, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow later. That's a prophecy. You're going to fall. You're going to mess up. But you're going to come back. It's a prophecy. It goes on to say, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. Here's the second prophecy. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I say to you, a cock shall not crow until you've denied me three times. Now here, here's where this, this struggle comes. 
when you when you deal with chapter and verses and and it was our you know through our genius that we divide and it works it works thank god for the chapter and verses because then it helps us to follow along in sermons but chapter 14 really isn't chapter 14 it's a continuation of the conversation that jesus is having with peter and then he picks it up with thomas And Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. Let not your heart be troubled. It's a continuation. You are going to mess up, Christians. But let not your heart be troubled. You can't follow him now, but you will later. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me this morning how much do you trust Jesus how much do you trust him you know right now it's just things are so I'm going to bring a lesson eventually on the confusion it's just so confusing life is so confusing right now let not your heart be troubled there are struggles in my life let not your heart be troubled and then Jesus says In my Father's house, in verse 2, there there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go prepare a place for you. And I said on Wednesday night, if you were, I'm sure y'all, anyway, on Wednesday night I said in class, you heard it, right? Isn't it interesting that Jesus went to prepare a place after he came to the earth? and lived as a human, and suffered and struggled. And then he went back to heaven and prepared a place for us. Why didn't he do it at creation? You see, now there's something special about this place that he's prepared for us because he's been there. He's been where we are and where we've been. And he reminds us, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there, you may be also. Let's close in Philippians chapter 1, church. I know, some, some, some of us are struggling more than others through this pandemic. It's difficult, right? Don't give up. Don't give up. You go back and read John 14, verses 1 through 3, and think about, well, what kind of place did he build? I mean, he came to the earth, and now he knows what it's like to be a human, and then he went back to heaven and prepared something for humans who will be spirit beings in the future. Oh, it's going to be a great place, isn't it? He didn't make it when he wasn't human. He made it after he became human and suffered and died and went back to heaven. We've all let him down. Because of our sinful choices. We don't like to admit it, but it's true. We've all denied him in some way through our lifestyle. Right? Those failures in our life. You have any? But here's what I want to leave you with. We're here today, online, here physically, because God's not finished with us yet. He's not finished with you yet. There's more life to go. There's more stuff you need to do. There's more stuff that I need to do. And let me say it the proper way. 
there's more that I get to do to the glory of God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. Let me show you that God's not finished with us yet. The Bible says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. He's got more work for you. He's not finished with you yet. I encourage you this morning, as you think about life and and the troubles and struggles and the good and the bad, the good, the bad, the ugly. You're here today because you love God and you're trying. You're online because you love God and you're trying. Don't give up. Don't quit. God's not finished yet. There's a little bit more work that we have to do. This morning, if you're here and you're not a Christian, we invite you to become one and surrender to God in the waters of baptism. And then be faithful to him until the end. If we can help in any way, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. God bless you. Wonder is on the mountain of say. Come unto me, his message repeating. Words of the Master seeking today. Going afar, upon the mountain. Bringing the wonders back again. Into the fold of my Redeemer. Jesus the Lamb for sinners slain Seeking the lost and pointing to Jesus Souls that are weak and hearts that are sore Leading them forth in ways of salvation Showing the path to life evermore Going upon, upon the mountain, bringing the wonder back again into the fold of my Redeemer, Jesus the Lamb for sinners. Thus I would go on missions of mercy, following Christ from day unto day, cheering the faint and raising the fallen, pointing the lost to Jesus the way, going afar upon the mountain. Bringing the wonder back again.